Yeah. So basically just questioning like, okay, is this thought my own or is it something that I picked up somewhere along the way? And do I want to believe it? Is there anything else that I could choose to believe? And what would it feel like if I believed something else? Um, so that for me, like a lot of the times I hear my mom's voice or I hear my dad's voice and I don't stop to actually analyze like, wait a second, this isn't me. What I want to believe is this. So why don't I just start repeating that belief until finally I don't even realize that I'm, that it's, it's just there. It just is. What you just heard is a snippet from today's conversation with one of my one-to-one clients, Gabriella, who is a master NLP coach and hypnotherapist. She teaches people how to rewire their mind to attract their dream life. So in today's episode, we dive deep into mindset work, how you can change the way you think to create new results in your life and business, We discuss being neurodivergent and how both of us, being neurodivergent women, run our businesses a little bit differently to perhaps someone with a typical brain and what you can do if you are also neurodivergent. We discuss whether it was helpful or not to get a diagnosis. And towards the end of this episode, you'll hear Gabriella sharing her experience with working with me for three months as her coach, what that was like for her, what we achieved in our time together and whether she would recommend working with me as well. So loads of good stuff in this episode. Before we dive in, I wanna quickly let you know about the group coaching program that I'm launching this month called The Simple Business Builder. It's a three month program with bi-weekly calls there to help you build a five to 10K a month online business, working just three days a week. There are three core focuses or pillars in this program. The first is soul. So how do you build a business with soul? You do that by understanding how to embody what makes you unique your unique personality, stories, and perspective, your unique approach to become a magnet for your dream clients and customers. Number two, using Instagram and email marketing as the places where you will magnetize these clients to you, you'll attract these clients. And number three, creating systems and structure so you can work less and still build a business that can scale to five or 10K months without working five days a week and hustling like a mad person. So if that sounds like your kind of program and you're looking for personalized feedback and advice, you're looking for more support and guidance than a course can give you, definitely go and check out, or I should say go and join the waitlist for the Simple Business Builder because I'm sending out more info on the investment, what's included, everything you need to know about the program I'm sending that out to the waitlist very soon. So head to the link in the description below to join the waitlist so that you definitely get that info first. So welcome to the podcast, Gabriella. I know, obviously I know who you are and we've just been talking, um, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone listening? Yes, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, so my name is Gabriela. I like to go by Gaye. So that is my business name, my coaching persona. And basically what I do is I am a master NLP mindset coach and hypnotherapist. 
and I also am a entrepreneurship mentor. So I help people that are in the wellness space, coaches, creatives who want to pivot into coaching. Um, and I've had my business for about five years now. And before that, I was a corporate corporate girly. Um, and now I've been full-time in my business for, yeah, just about five years. That is so awesome. And I think actually, before we carry on, if you could just briefly explain what NLP is for anyone that doesn't know, I think that would be helpful. Yeah. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's basically an umbrella term for a bunch of different techniques that pull from different areas in psychology, psychotherapy, and um, oh, so many things. It's such a it's a growing thing, and there's yeah. constantly it's it's amazing. But overall, it's very powerful mindset tools, subconscious mindset tools. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I cannot wait to to dive right into it. Um, Cause I remember when I first was sort of introduced to the world of mindset and the subconscious and how our subconscious mind impacts the results that we get in life. And my mind was just blown. So I'm excited to get into this conversation. But first of all, I was thinking we could kind of backtrack um, because I would love to hear your story, like what led you to this? Because we've been working together for um, a few months. So I know like parts of your story, but I don't think we've ever discussed how you initially got into mindset and subconscious mastery. So could we sort of discuss that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it's true. We didn't really get into that yeah. so much. Um, so I guess a good place to start would be really early on. Mm -hmm. um, Growing up, I always struggled in school. I was labeled as learning disabled. I have all of the, they call them disabilities. I don't like to call them that. The yeah. learning differences under the sun, ADD, dyslexia, like all of the language-based uh, learning differences. I went to school. Eventually I got switched to an inclusive uh, learning style, like an in institution for children with uh, special learning needs. And that was a huge game changer for me. This was about like, oh my God, am I 33? I don't know, 18 years ago. <laughs> um, and this completely, I was only in this structure of schooling for about two years, but it actually changed the entire course of my life. And at that time, it wasn't so common. So now we've come to a place where people use a lot of terms like neurodivergent and all that kind of stuff. And I think having learning differences has become a lot more commonplace to just discuss and people be more aware of. But back then it was super unusual. It was kind of frowned upon. It was not really understood. Um, so in my professional career, it was something that I tried so hard to just hide from people. Um, but that basically it would take me a lot longer to get to the same answer. I would take different a different path to get there. And I always just question my own abilities as a professional and as a person because of that. Um, and so long story short, when I got into uh, my professional years, I was working as a graphic designer, multidiscipl multidisciplinary designer and communication strategist. I worked for a bunch of different uh, industries. Um, it, Basically, I experienced three layoffs over the course of my professional career. And the only reason why I chose to be in the corporate setting and the nine to five and all that kind of stuff was for two reasons. One, I thought it made me like a valuable person in society. I thought that was the way that I could like 
prove to everyone that I can do what everyone else can do. You know, I'm just as smart as anyone else. Like, you know, and the other part was that I assumed that the nine to five or the corporate route would give me stability. But I found that in these three unexpected layoffs, so they were company-wide layoffs um, for major companies. Like I was laid off from The Gap. Uh, I was working as a visual um, marketing person for, yeah, uh, well, I don't have to get into that. But basically, one day to the next, they closed down over 200 stores. They laid off hundreds of employees in a structure that was supposed to give me stability, you know, and that yeah. that happened two more times. So at the, finally, the third layoff, I was like, okay, this illusion of security of being in the nine to five of being in the corporate world is not, is not my truth. So I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do and just go off on my own. And that's where I've been ever since. Um, but in the process, I guess the reason why I even started with talking about my learning differences is that when I switched from corporate to um, being a full-time entrepreneur, I hired a coach and the things that she was working on me with were things that came to me, like were things that I was doing in my own life intuitively. And I had never seen it like in a space, you know, as a profession. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? I love it so much. I, I, this is for me, you know, it had such a profound impact in my life and it, uh, yeah, I just dove in head first and I started getting all of the certifications and diving more into the subconscious mind. And it brought me back to those early years in um, high school that completely changed my life, which was approaching things from a different place for different minds. Um, yeah, that was a long-winded response, but hopefully that, I don't even remember what the question was. No, no, that was a really good answer because I think that um, it's something that's being talked about more and more nowadays is people with learning differences, um, people who are neurodivergent. I love that you said um, you prefer not to call it a disability because I kind of feel the same um, as someone with OCD that kind of classes me as um, having a disorder but I just th thinking of it as a disorder just it kind of doesn't do anything helpful to me um, and so it's so much more helpful for me personally if I look at it as this is just me having a different kind of brain like my brain just works very differently to other people's brains and so yeah, I feel like I really related to you in a way there because it does really force you to have to think differently um, and it does really force you to have to put into practice some of the things that people are teaching about subconscious mastery. Like you, when you have these differences, you learn to have to implement different kinds of mindsets, different ways of thinking much earlier in life. And... I love that you've been able to do that and now actually turn it into a business and a career and something that you get to help other people with. I love as well, your tagline in your bio is rewire your mind, attract your dream life. Can you explain the role that mindset plays in the results that people, people who are listening to this podcast in the results that they're getting in their lives and businesses? Yeah. So the reason why I use those particular words is not only because I consider myself a spiritual person and I love to work with the laws of attraction, yeah. but also 
let's, you know, approach this from a more logical place. Cause you know, um, when we look out into the world, we're actually only aware of a tiny fraction of reality, just because at any given moment through all of our senses, we are receiving so much information over 2 million bits of information. Our brain, our bodies can only consciously handle 200 of those. And so it's a really small window of reality. And this window of reality is based on these internal filters that we've already subconsciously placed on ourselves. And so when we learn to choose the internal filters, that is going to show us a small bit of reality that's going to completely shift our lives. And so when I say attract, what I really mean is when you start becoming conscious of your unconscious programming, your things start to evolve so much with so much more ease, you know, because especially we're going to, I guess we're going to keep going back to the neurodivergent part. A lot of uh, people who have experienced, you know, uh, life where they had to do things differently, or they felt like they had to be forced into a mold. Um, you have to learn uh, to create your own ways of doing things. And once you realize that it's, you know, possible to do that, things just become so much easier. When you stop fighting to try to do things the way that everyone else does, you surrender to that process, you create your own systems, things just start to work out, you know, yeah. and it becomes so much more effortless when we learn these tools. Yes. I'm curious as someone with ADD, because I'm sure there are countless people listening to this who have a similar difference, ADHD, ADD. Um, my partner actually has ADHD. He was diagnosed when he was four or five years old. So thankfully for him, he got help um, with how he thinks and learns and behaves. He managed to get help um, with that from a very young age. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people go... Um, countless years without realizing that their brain isn't a typical brain. What has been helpful, the most helpful to you in terms of building this life, the stream life, the stream business of yours, um, despite thinking in a different way to everybody else and having a brain that works differently to everybody else? Yes, that's such a good question. So basically just understanding that what works for others is not necessarily going to work for me and allowing myself to detach from that. And it comes down to having compassion, you know, because one thing that was a big issue for me when I started my business was I was still so trapped in the idea that I had to be working from nine to five in order to be productive, in order to get the best results. You know, my body was just stuck in this reality. And whenever I wasn't working from nine to five, you know, on my own business, I felt like I was doing something wrong. I could be doing more. Like, you know, I had this internal conflict of thinking that if I'm not working in this uh, time frame, that I'm not going to, you know, achieve success or whatever. Once I let go of that and realize like I can create whatever schedule works best for me and my productivity, that's when things started to completely change for the better. And that's when my business felt like an extension of me rather than something that I felt like, um, you know, let's say in my corporate world, it felt like I had to be someone else. You know, I had to put on this professional persona and sit at my desk and do all these things. And it was crushing my energy, it was crushing my soul it was just not for me. And so being able to let go of that and explore different uh, schedules and systems that work for me until I finally land on my own, that was the biggest game changer. Yes, to everything that you just said. 
Um, oh, it was just so good. I think that you're right. I think when people, if you are neurodivergent or you are someone who has a chronic illness or maybe you're a caregiver or maybe you're a parent, I feel like in these kinds of categories where either your brain is not typical or your life scenarios and schedule are not like the same as everybody else, you can't necessarily expect yourself to run your business the same way as everybody else. And you hit the nail on the head there when you said you were trying to just fit into this this mold and do things a certain way because yes, while we can benefit from learning from other people's frameworks, systems and processes, it's more a case I think of just taking what's helpful to you and applying it to yourself, but finding what works best for you, especially as a neurodivergent person because what works for typical people is not necessarily going to work for you in business. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, you've mentioned earlier on in the episode, and I know that you mentioned this in your messaging and your tagline and everything, subconscious mastery. What is that? Yeah, so when I refer to subconscious mastery, it just mm-hmm. means being aware of and being in charge of your own thoughts and your own processes. And even if just having awareness, you know, that we are creatures of habit, you know, we are just basically little computers running on programs. And at at any given moment, we can choose what programs, let's call them like apps, you know, what apps we get to install, deinstall, update, all that kind of stuff. And so once you learn that you can have so much more control over your mind and your body, that is what I like to call emotional uh, and subconscious self-mastery. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that, um, I remember first learning about this and about things like reframing limiting beliefs. Um, when I went through like my worst ever breakup, I was like thrown into this like world of, of subconscious, um, mastery and like reframing beliefs and things. And that's when I kind of found that world after this terrible, terrible breakup that just left me feeling like my brain was in pieces. And and yeah, and I always remember just learning about how the beliefs that, that we have are affecting the results that we get in life. And I remember looking back through my life and relationships um, and then applying it to my business too. And suddenly I could see these different beliefs that I had that were just completely not creating the kind of life and results in business that I wanted. And I just remember writing the top like 10 out on a piece of paper and my mind was just blown because I was thinking, oh my goodness, I have not been aware of the fact that I have just been running my entire life on these core beliefs And it's not serving me when I could actually choose beliefs and that's going to help me and serve me so much more. Yeah, it is amazing work. It is. I love it. And I, it's interesting because um, you talk about your breakup and usually, Mm -hmm. you know, it does take some major event for us to, you know, have the desire to dig a little bit deeper, to work on ourselves and to discover new things. Sometimes like for me, it took my third layoff for me to finally be like, okay, 
this is not working for me. Let me see what else is out there and just kind of break away from our typical patterns and all that kind of stuff. It, I like to see it as the universe. First, the universe will send like a whisper, you know, maybe something's not working. Then it'll kind of like, you know, yell at you a little bit. And then eventually it will just, you know, I don't know, throw a piano on your head, like a breakup or you break a leg or you lose your job or something like that. And it totally just breaks your entire perception of reality and forces you into a new one, but for the, for the best. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I could not agree more. Like, can you think of anything specific to when you lost that, that last job um, that you realized, like, what was the realization that you had that was like, okay, this is a pattern that I'm stuck in that I need to break? Yeah. Oh, so it was my third layoff. Um, so the second time I got laid off, I was like, okay, I, this sucks so bad. Why? And I was in this like, why mentality? Like, why me? You know mm. what I mean? And I can see that so clearly now that I've worked on my mindset that I was like, why is this happening to me? This doesn't happen to other people. You know, I wasn't taking responsibility for my role in creating this reality. And at the time, my, the role that I was playing was that I was doing something that wasn't aligned for me anyway. I didn't want to be there. I was not happy. It was not serving my soul. Like I had dreams of being an entrepreneur and I was like, oh, one day it'll just float in my lap. You know, if I just keep taking these corporate jobs and saying yes, when I really want to say no, things will just miraculously happen. That was my, you know, that's how I created or took part in creating that reality where I just, you know, the universe was like, no, you don't want this. We're going to lay you off. Um, but the third layoff was finally the time where I was like, okay, I see the signs, you know, I've always had a, I've always been spiritual. Um, but after that third layoff, I was finally more open to exploring my spirituality in a totally different way. And like actually reading more books, um, just questioning more things and starting to realize that like, I, my reality is part of something much bigger than me. And even though it sucked to be laid off and to be afraid of like where my next paycheck was coming, how I was going to pay my bills, blah, blah, blah. I did see it as a gift um, from the universe. You know, I was like, okay, this sucks right now, but I know this is going to lead me somewhere completely different. And I need that. Oh, wow. That was, that was so interesting to hear, especially because you mentioned that your pattern in those jobs was to question, you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? Although in reality, you were choosing to stay in jobs that you didn't want to be in in the first place. And I thought mm -hmm. that was so interesting because of the work that we did together and then the call that we had last week where that pattern came up again in your <laughs> business. <laughs> so it's really interesting to see like the history of, of people's patterns and how they can sometimes repeat themselves but in different kinds of ways. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we could like go a little bit into that since we're on the topic already talking about the realization that you had in your business of realizing that you want to make a huge change yes and that this is no, is no longer the business that you necessarily wanted to run and that you wanted to actually do something else can we talk about that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yes it's so interesting that you bring up like we can become aware of our patterns and we can start to take steps to break them. And then you realize like, oh wait, it's here as well. You know, 
the subconscious work, the self-healing work is a lifetime journey. It's not a place that you arrive and you're fixed. It's, it's like you buy a car and you don't expect to take it into the shop once. It's routine. It's maintenance. Same thing, brushing your teeth. You know what I mean? Like taking showers. These are all part of regular maintenance. And if we're not constantly doing the work, um, yeah, we can't expect to not constantly do the work. You know, we're always evolving. And anyway, so yes, this is so funny. It's here. Time to like share it with the world. So basically what I realized in uh, working with you, it was literally, we had been working together for three months. It was like the last 15 minutes of our call right before like our program was going to end. Yes. And I said something about how like, oh, you know, what I really want to do is just this. And you're like, why aren't you doing that then? And I was like, you're right. Why am I not doing that? And it's, it's amazing how simple you know, when we just hear ourselves say something out loud and like analyze it and you ask like, why am I not doing this? It is a part of a much more deeply rooted, you know, thing that holds people back. And sometimes this is why I think it's so important to always either have a coach or a therapist or someone that holds space for you to be able to, you know, just hold up a mirror to you and make you realize like, oh, I was holding myself back from this. So basically um, when I started my business, part of what I wanted for myself was to only work with women because it was a response to having a career where working with men um, created some negative connotations for me. I would always question my role in, you know, why I was hired or what they wanted me for. And there was it was something that created some like uncomfortable feelings within me. So when I started my business, I was like, okay, no men, women only until I feel ready to heal that part of myself. Um, I'm only going to work with women. And there were a couple men throughout my journey that I actually did end up working with under unique circumstances. I remember all of my marketing is for women. My programs are for women. Like the kind of copy that I create is with women in mind. And there were some men that just, you know, broke through and I realized working with these men, they totally changed my perception of, you know, having a professional relationship with men. And they were some of my favorite clients. It was wonderful. And that totally broke my version of reality. It helped me heal some wounds that I had with like, you know, that came from my corporate background. And I, and as you and I were on that call, I was like, you know, some of my favorite clients have been men and the men that come because they want to work on their mindset because they want, they value a, the woman's perspective or support or style of coaching, you know, that they don't necessarily, maybe they haven't necessarily gotten through, you know, working with someone else. And you're like, why don't you do that? I was like, you're right. So I decided that I'm going to create men's specific offers and I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited to call in, you know, the types of men that I've worked with in the past who are so interested in the subconscious mind, in their spirituality, self-healing, self-regulation, because those were the things that I worked on with these men anyway. You know, I was, mindset has always been a part of my programs and it's usually I have a there's an entrepreneurial goal at the end of my programs, but with a ton of mindset in between. I say that uh, business is 80% mindset, 20% strategy. But these men came in, they're like, yeah, I don't really care so much about the business stuff. Like, I just want to learn, you know, how to be more comfortable with my own emotions. I want to learn to release certain, you know, patterns that I have in my life. And they were amazing and they got incredible results. So I'm like, wait, 
why don't I specifically focus on this? So that is something I'm really excited to be working on now. And it's really interesting to be saying this out loud here with you, knowing that this is going to go out into the world and it's making it super real. And yeah, that was a huge realization for me. And I appreciate you so much for holding that space for me to find that. Hey everyone, just interrupting this podcast episode to let you know that I have a group coaching program launching in October called The Simple Business Builder, which is designed to help online service providers like you learn how to scale your business to consistent 5 or 10k months working just 3 days a week. If you would be interested, then head on over to the waitlist and sign up to show your interest and you will be the first to receive more information when it is available. You'll be the first to receive information on what is included, the investment, and so much more. Plus, everyone on the waitlist will also receive a cheeky discount. So go to the link below in the description, join the waitlist, and hopefully I'll see you in the program. Yeah, it was... It was honestly so wonderful to actually witness you come to that realization of who you actually want to work with and the work that you actually want to do. What was holding you back from committing to what you truly want to do? What was it that was holding you back and causing you to stay in, in what you felt was safe? Yeah, I think it's because I've spent so much time in marketing. That's my background is in marketing, my corporate experiences in marketing, my five years of entrepreneurship, you know, have always had a, has always been about marketing and marketing and entrepreneurship and all that kind of stuff. But mm. I'm deeply passionate about the subconscious mind, self-healing, hypnotherapy. And yes, that always had a place in what I was doing, but I wasn't fully just going in the direction of like, hey, you know, whether you, your goal is to grow your business or not, like I'm, let's just focus only on the subconscious mind, only on self-healing. Um, and I was kind of afraid to go in that direction because it felt like a part of my identity and all these years of, you know, being this marketing person for that to just kind of not be there anymore is scary. Yeah. It's super scary, you know? And, um, yeah, there was that resistance there for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's scary to to sort of let go of everything that you know and have become known for. It's a very scary thing to do. So it's always it's always brave, I think, when when people do make that move and decide, you know what, I know what it is that I truly want to do. I just need to give myself permission to do that and to go for that. I um also was wondering if your hesitation around fully embracing and embodying the mindset side of your business and making that like your core thing, your core niche. I was wondering if you also had hesitations towards committing to that more because of perhaps what friends or family would think. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. sometimes we we might think that certain industries like business are just 
easier to explain to friends and family and more uh, respectable, air quote, mm-hmm. respectable to friends and family. Did that have any kind of impact on why you were shying away from niching further down in the mindset and subconscious mastery niche? Yes, that as well. And it's... So I consider myself a creative through and through. Mm-hmm. You know, I want... I went to art school. I learned graphic design. I got into art school with a fine arts portfolio. And oh, I wow, remember I that. Yeah, I'm yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really talk about that much, but yeah, yeah, I went to art school and part of the reason why I went into graphic design and marketing is because of that influence which I'm super grateful for and I and I don't disagree that the life of someone in marketing and business and design is at times can be a little bit easier for people to understand and for you to be able to find work in um, as opposed to, you know, at the time only relying on my art, you know, as my main thing was something that my parents, my family, you know, society. Yeah. It kind of freaked me out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to choose graphic design because there's way more jobs in graphic design. I can fit the mold. I can go to corporate. We'll be good. Um, but I suppose one of my patterns, and now I'm hearing myself say it out loud, is choosing what is quote unquote safe and then realizing it, it wasn't even all that safe anyway. I got laid off anyway. I chose what I didn't even yeah. really want to do. And here we are. <laughs> I find that so interesting because I think that's a pattern that most people have because at the end of the day, we are wired to strive for safety. Like our brains are literally wired to keep us safe not necessarily keep us happy or successful air quote successful whatever that means to you it's all Mm -hmm. about staying safe and so I think that more people than we probably realize do that thing of like I'm gonna stay in this career in this relationship in this business because it's what I know it's what I am familiar with therefore it must be safe even though we're not enjoying it, even though it doesn't bring us fulfillment or passion. And even though it's not even turning out that well for us and we're wondering why, (laughs) it's because it feels safe, but it's not necessarily what we want. And I think that like more of us need to ask ourselves the question of, am I just here because it's safe? Or it's what I perceive as safe. Or am I here because it's what I actually want, because it's what I deeply want? Because I think that there is something to be said, obviously, about like safety. (laughs) We all like do need safety and security. Um, But when it starts to become a case of you're choosing what is perceived as safe, I think there's a difference. Do you agree? Like there's a difference between what we're just perceiving as safety and what would actually be safe and expansive for us? Oh, 100%. I mean, your brain perceives, like you said, whatever is familiar as safe. So that could mean a lot of things for yeah. a lot of people and not necessarily what is actually the safest or the most suited for you. Mm-hmm. We're just, yeah, we like to stay in spaces that we know because that anything familiar is safety. Anything outside of the familiar to our ancient lizard brain is 
potential, yeah, possibility for just being a huge threat to our safety. So, yeah. And I think that like you mentioned earlier when you were in your, um, your actual corporate careers about how you perceived that as secure and yet you were laid off three times. I think that so many people think that most people think that a corporate career, a nine to five job is way more safe and secure than having a business you can get laid off at any time in a nine to five so it's it's not any more safe or secure really than having your own business yes it just I think maybe to add to that there's also like the perceived safety because every single month you know exactly what your expenses are and how much you're going to make entrepreneurship is a little bit more of like, okay, I had a great month this month. So I'm going to put some aside in case that two months from now, it's a little different. So you have to be way more in charge of, you know, finding, um, let's say consistency and creating that safety for yourself within a, it's just a different structure of living. That's what it is. It's a different structure of living and people are afraid of it because it's more, you know, mainstream and easier on the nervous system to know exactly every single month. This is exactly, exactly how much, how I'm going to, how much I'm going to make. And that's it. Yeah. Agreed. And I also want to say for anyone listening, there is no necessarily right or wrong. Like it's not wrong to have a nine to five, just like it's not wrong to have a business. (laughs) It's just whatever is right for you. I'm thinking more of the people who know in their hearts that they want to have a business or they want to take their business full time. Um, and are just clinging to the nine to five because it's what feels safe. But if there is anyone listening who's like, well, I quite like the security of my nine to five and I don't want, and you know, I don't really want a, a business. I'm just listening to this episode because of the mindset stuff. Um, that is totally fine too. You have to do what's best for you. I'm so glad you said that. Yes, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a nine to five. This is just my experience in breaking away from something that didn't work for me. Um, I know people who love the nine to five. There's people who just really, that suits their nervous system. It didn't suit mine. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It didn't suit mine and it didn't suit my like need for freedom. Um, like the freedom to be able to control my own time and have my own schedules going back to the, the neurodivergent thing. I didn't realize I was neurodivergent until two years ago. Um, and then Mm. suddenly everything made sense. And I was like, okay, it makes sense now why a nine to five job doesn't really feel doable for me and why I really need to be in control of my own schedule and days and time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so glad that you were able to, you know, find out or get a diagnosis because that in itself is such a relief, you know, because then you stop kind of like, yeah, I, I know the feeling basically. And then from there, you can just start taking action and being like, okay, you know, I get to create a different system, different systems for living. And I'm sometimes I'm paving a path that is, you know, different from the usual and it's fine. I can find what works for me. And I can trust that like, I've come this far trying to do things the way that other people do them. How amazing is life going to become when I take ownership of, of what comes next, you know? Yeah, I agree. Just um, just off of that point, what do you think? Um, do you think that it's beneficial or was it beneficial for you to get a diagnosis? Um, and do you think if you did actually, first of all, did you have a diagnosis? Yes. 
Okay. So did you find that helpful to you? Or if you could go back in time, I think I know the answer, but if you could go back in time, would you prefer not to know? Or are you happy that you know? I'm super happy that I know. Um, But I think like on that same thought, sometimes what tends to happen is we identify too much with a diagnosis. And that in itself can also be problematic because we're all different. You know what I mean? And we're constantly learning more about these learning differences or about like science and everything is constantly evolving. So I would just like to say that for me, one thing that I have to remind myself is to not identify so much with a diagnosis, with, you know, a structure, because it's the same thing. I was so sold and committed to the nine to five that when I didn't have to do that, I was still so locked into it. And I think when we separate ourselves from labels, from structures, from, you know, diagnosis, then we can actually be like, what works for me and what doesn't? Am I just doing this because the ADHD community says this is the best thing to do? Or, you know what I mean? So just being open to trusting yourself and trusting your own inner guidance and trusting what feels good for your body, for your mind and what does it. I love that so much because as we were talking, I was thinking of all the people who I've talked to before who have suspected that they are dyslexic or they have ADHD or they have OCD. I've had all these conversations with different clients and students once they learn um, and have heard in my podcast or something that I have OCD. A lot of the people who suspect that they have a, a different kind of brain will then say, do you think it's helpful for me to actually go and and get the diagnosis or not? And I feel like your answer was just, just so perfect because I, I had a similar kind of experience. Like when I got my diagnosis, I was really thankful um, to finally know and understand why I've had so many difficulties um, over my lifetime. But at the same time, I did that thing that you were talking about. I went completely into the OCD world and was like doing what they said was the best thing to do and and this person says do this so I have to do this and and I went like very into that bubble and like identified with it too much and then I would wonder why certain things that worked for some people with OCD were not working for me um and I just yeah I completely agree completely agree with what you said I think you have to reach a point where you don't identify too much with it you just it's helpful to know that your your brain is different it's helpful to know certain coping mechanisms and and strategies and things like this but overly identifying with it also wasn't helpful for me yes exactly yeah and if you overly identify as well I think that it can sometimes cause you to feel like you're broken yes that you're somehow inferior to people with a typical brain or that you will never have the life or business or dreams that they have. And I think that's deeply unhelpful too, because you can. Yes. And, you know, going back to the part that our brain loves to search for security and find and create meanings for Mm. things. And so sometimes if we get a diagnosis, like you're ADHD, then you're like, oh, I'm ADHD. That's why I am disorganized. And then you're like, you, you let it be. You almost use it as kind of like an excuse. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
I find myself doing that sometimes too. And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just making an excuse right now. I could do this, you know? Yeah, I agree. I love, I love this whole conversation because <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that, yeah, it's just a conversation that needs to be had, I think, in the, the world of online business and neurodivergence. Um, going back to the mindset and, and the, the subconscious uh, mastery, I think that a lot of people assume that these things are quite woo-woo um, and that if they are a logical person, then that's not for them or they they can't necessarily like learn more about that side of things. Um, just, just going back to that topic, do you think that's the case that you have to be someone who's very uh, spiritual or, or woo-woo to, I say woo-woo, but you know what I mean? That's like the word that a lot of people use. Um, do you think that's the case that you have to be like that to benefit from subconscious mastery and from mindset work? Mm. That's so, I'm, wow. I feel like I've gone so far in my journey that I mm. don't even remember that these two can sometimes be uh, in any way, like people relate them to each other. Yeah. Absolutely not. They're completely different. One is completely based in, there are some overlaps, which is really cool. Uh, the more science and the more research is done, you find overlaps with like ancient wisdom and things that have been in old textbooks and like that are maybe people would consider woo-woo because it's not your typical Western, you know, scientific way of approaching life. There are some really cool overlaps, but no, like mindset stuff is completely based in science, in neurology, in um, psychology, all these things that maybe the more logical brain, it's more satisfying for them to be able to like see it studied, peer reviewed, written, understood like that. And that's fine. You can stay in that realm. But if you are a spiritual person and you're interested in the overlap, then yeah, you will definitely find that. But no, they're completely, completely different. I hope that if anyone's listening to this and feels like mindset and subconscious uh, self-mastery is a spiritual thing, like it's not, it's really not. Because I think a lot of people think that. I think so many people think that the two are the same thing. And that um, because they, because I think I used to think that years and years ago. And I remember like seeing certain business owners talk about that stuff and immediately writing it off as like, oh no, that's not me. Um, Like that's not me because it's going to be all like woo and like, it's going to be all, and that's not necessarily my thing. So I, I just wrote it off. Um, And I just think that a lot of people do that nowadays still because they don't fully understand that it's, it's scientific, like understanding how your brain works is beneficial to anyone and it, and it doesn't mean that you have to be or relate to being spiritual to actually benefit from doing the mindset work if anybody could take away one thing like one thing that could help them get into like step into the world of of working on their mindset um where would you recommend that they begin Because I think when you look at the world of mindset and the world of spirituality, there's so much, there's like the terms like, um, is it NLP? NLP, CBT, and like limiting beliefs. And there's all of these different terms that I think might confuse people when they're first looking into it. So what would you recommend that they first begin with if there's someone who's new to this kind of work? Hmm, someone's new to mindset work. Just start with something super, super basic 
And that is just questioning your own thoughts. Like I do this really simple experiment, which is basically if you're thinking to yourself, like, hmm, you hear a voice in your head when you're thinking, is it your own voice or is it the voice of someone else? You know, and if I could tell you, hey, can you imagine the voice of, I'm just going to say someone super random, Donald Duck right now. Can you picture that sound in your head? Mm -hmm. Right. So when we get conscious of the fact that we have different voices in our head, then we can start to be like, wait a second, is this thought coming from me? Or is this the thought from my fifth grade teacher that told me I'm never going to amount to anything and it's, and they're showing up right now? You know, there's so many different and not to say that like, I don't, maybe this isn't a good place to start. Maybe this is too much. Um, I don't think it is. But, I don't think so. Yeah. So basically just questioning like, okay, is this thought my own or is it something that I picked up somewhere along the way? And do I want to believe it? Is there anything else that I could choose to believe? And what would it feel like if I believed something else? Um, so that for me, like a lot of the times I hear my mom's voice or I hear my dad's voice and I don't stop to actually analyze like, wait a second this isn't me. What I want to believe is this. So why don't I just start repeating that belief until finally I don't even realize that I'm, that it's, it's just there. It just is, you know? So I would say just start by questioning your own thoughts and starting to notice the different voices in your head, not to, you know, like give the idea that we have all these voices in our head that are like different. I don't want to like confuse people, but just basically saying that, um, something like 80% of our thoughts are actually just echoed or repeated from the day before. So an interesting thing that happens is if we, I don't know, hear something on the radio or one of our, uh, someone in our friend group says something like the next day, there's a possibility that we'll use that same word or that same sentence or something similar will come up. And there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? Our brains were just constantly repeating information and it stays in there. So just breaking away from that and being like, okay, cool. Um, what am I choosing to believe today? Is it possibly something that I have picked up because of someone else? I think that's a really good place to start, you know, just seeing yeah. how you can actually become more aware of your thoughts. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. I don't think it's too complicated or anything uh, for, for people who are new to mindset work. I think it's a wonderful place to start because um, I remember when I first started to just question where some of my beliefs came from. Like, is it is that my voice or is that somebody else's voice? When I first began my business, it wasn't even like a real business at the time. It was just a hobby, it was a blog. And I designed my own blog and somebody offered to pay me money to design theirs. And I told a colleague that I worked with who was studying um, graphic design. And I remember her clearly telling me, oh, you can't charge someone money for that if you don't have a qualification in it. Like you have to get qualified. And I did it anyway. And then thank goodness, because that's where my business started and it's gotten me to where I am now. But for so many years, whenever people asked me, because I, I first ran a web and graphic design business for many years, um, in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And whenever people would ask me, how did you get into this? Like, did you study this? Oh, I had so much insecurity, so much insecurity. And I would like babble excuses and I would just, yeah, I would fall apart. And it wasn't until long after um, I stopped designing because one, I didn't enjoy it, but two, 
imposter syndrome grew more and more and more and more and I remember thinking I'm not qualified to do this so I shouldn't be doing this and I mean it helped that I didn't enjoy it anyway so I did like transition (laughs) into business coaching and teaching business because this is what I really love um but it wasn't until long after that I looked back and realized part of the reason why I felt like an imposter and part of the reason why I transitioned away from design was because of that colleague's voice in my head that was telling me you shouldn't be doing this unless you're qualified to do it so yeah that just I don't know it just it illustrates I guess the way that other people's thinking and thoughts and what they have said to us become our own beliefs and then we operate off of those beliefs and we can do so for many years what a perfect example that's exactly that's exactly it so yeah. question the thoughts ask yourself whose voice they're in and if you don't like them search for proof of something different you know mm-hmm. like search for people who are making websites without experience just like a passion and and youtube like that is becoming so much more commonplace of course there are um fields where you definitely need to be uh, have some vacations but today more than ever like even with major companies like google and whatever they're not even looking for people with degrees they're looking for people with life experience you know um yeah so that's a great story i'm so glad you shared that that's a perfect example and hopefully uh some of the listeners can start to find examples of voices in their own head that may be in some way holding them back or you know creating beliefs that they don't necessarily need to be believing because they're not helpful yeah like honestly i promise everyone that's listening if you just start to do this one thing just analyze where these these thoughts are coming from like whose voice this is if it isn't your own and start to do the work of reframing that it is going to have the biggest most dramatic effect on your business and not just on your business but on your life this is like half of the work that I do in the beginning portion of my time with my clients because more often than not it is a belief and it is um, a thought pattern that we've picked up somewhere along the line that is at the root of the problem that we're having in our business. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. It really is. It, it really is. is. It's it's powerful work. So um, before we wrap up this interview, I wanted to chat with you about our time working together because we've worked together for the last few months. So I thought it would be helpful if you could share with my community what that experience was like for you. Oh, it was great. Um, So this was the first time that I worked with a coach in this capacity. So normally Mm -hmm. the structure would be we'd have regular calls and, you know, it was structured more this way. But the way that you and I worked together was majority of the time um, voice notes. So having you in my pocket was amazing. Like, you know, if I needed support with a, something I was doing on my website or copy or a launch, like having you to bounce ideas off of, and then also having you review some of these things, give me feedback, and then also like ask me questions. You know, this was part of the mindset stuff that you were talking about. You're like, okay, I'm curious why you don't specifically, you know, want to get deeper into this. Like, what is that resistance? Where does that come from? We ended up talking about ancestral stuff, trauma, you know, like the kind of stuff that maybe people who go into business don't think 
that is it's related to you know your actions and behaviors and patterns in your business but it so is um, so being able to have that in our container was so helpful um, because it wasn't just about like write your sales page do this thing you know even though oh my gosh you helped me so much with my systems um, like automating things my wow I'm so happy about that I created two passive like master classes that then lead into an email funnel like that my ADD dyslexic brain is so satisfied that's already up and running for me and yeah. I appreciate that uh, so much that we were able to do that in our time together but also the part of just being able to talk to you about like the deeper stuff that comes up emotionally and mentally um, simultaneously as you're running your business because they're not separate you know personal uh, personal life and your business they're not separate so I think it's really important to find a coach that understands both and can support you um, with both. Yeah. So what kind of results were you um, were you happiest about? Because you mentioned your systems and your funnels, which is awesome. Um, was there anything else that you were happiest about achieving in our time together? Yeah, that was so amazing. I feel like I'm so satisfied with like the structural things. Yeah. I'm a very creative person. I, um, you know, I like to spend a lot of my time in my feminine energy or in my yeah. yin energy, which is great, but you also need to have some of the masculine structural part to support that intuitive feminine creative side. So we were able to, you know, merge both of those. Um, and also you challenged me a lot with my niche um, you didn't chat like when I say challenge, I mean, you, you really made me, you held a mirror up to me, um, to where I was holding myself back in terms of how deep I was going with who I really wanted to serve. You know, yeah. that, that voice, that part of me that was still kind of like, don't choose fine arts, like choose graphic design was still showing up in the sort of like way that I wasn't being hyper-specific with who I wanted to help. I was hoping that they would trickle in and they do, but it's different to just speak directly to them. And even as a marketing person, coach myself, it's ironic the ways that, you know, we can also hold ourselves back from fully narrowing in on our own niche because of our own unconscious beliefs or fears or patterns, all those things. We, everyone needs a coach. Yeah, it's funny because you can be in business for so many years and know so much have so much knowledge and experience and still struggle to apply some of it to your own business because it's difficult when you are so close to your business it's different than it is um when you're looking at a client's business when you're looking at somebody else's you're a bit more removed right myself included like it's easier for me to look at somebody else's business and see areas that need improvement or see things that look pretty obvious to me that could be changed um as opposed to looking at my own that's the way that it is with with all of us and that's why it is so important I guess to like go and get help if you can and if you're in the position where you know that would support you um because yeah it's it's hard to see what's that quote it's hard to see the 
label from inside the bottle is that the quote oh, I'm awful with quotes right. by the way <laughs> yeah so I usually say um it's hard to see the frame when you're in the picture yes exactly and it is and it is so sometimes we need a little bit of help with that um yeah. did you have any hesitations I always love asking this question did you have any kind of hesitations about working together before you agreed to nope zero no. none <laughs> no <laughs> I love yeah. that. I feel like that's I, just a testament to your own mindset work. Yeah, not at all. I had been wanting to work with you for so long. I just never saw that you posted about one-on-one. And the moment you did, I was like, mm, me, choose me. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple more questions before I wrap things up. What do you, what would you say, I guess, to anyone who's thinking of working with a coach? Not necessarily me although it can be but just people in general who need help with something be it their business be it their mindset and are are a bit more hesitant what would you say to those people I would just say that everyone can benefit from someone supporting them from the outside if you think about pro athletes you know them having a coach is like a no-brainer like every pro athlete has a coach and it's not because you know, Michael Jordan's coach is a better basketball player than him. It's just because having someone see you from the outside and they, they can support you in bringing the best out of yourself. Like it's one of the greatest things ever. I love coaching. I love the coaching industry. love the online knowledge sharing space. It's amazing. I'm so glad it's becoming more commonplace because it changed my life. And yeah, it's scary. You know, it's an investment. It's an investment in yourself. And I think that if you are looking for a coach and you want to find like the cheapest option, I would just question like, why do you want to look for the cheapest thing when it comes to yourself? You know what I mean? Mm. Like you'll always make your investment back tenfold in some way, even if you have a bad experience with a coach, like that bad experience is going to catapult you into making like amazingly informed decisions in a different way in the future. Like there's no way to lose. You know what I mean? That's how I see it. Yeah. And where can people find you? Where can people learn more about you if they want to after listening to this episode? Yeah. So you can find me on either Instagram. Uh, My Instagram is Gaia dash. Well, my business name is Gaia del Sol, which means it's my childhood nickname and from the sun. It's in Spanish. Uh, Basically, the best version of me is my inner child self and the version of me that's out in the sun. So that's what I wanted to bring forth in the essence of my business. But it's Gaia del Sol, um, Instagram or yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. All the you can find me anywhere, like any app. I'm there. Yeah. And we're going to drop the links to (laughs) your website, your Instagram, your LinkedIn below in the show notes just to make it easier for everyone to go ahead and and check you out but thank you so much for joining me on the podcast it's always a pleasure talking to you um and I just I know that everyone listening to this episode is going to have some golden nugget to take away from what they've learned today especially around mindset around neurodivergence um I think that people have have definitely had their fair share of um, of brilliant advice from you today so thank you <laughs>